Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson and iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back and we're going to do the recap. And I am Scott Patterson. And this is the I am all in podcast with iHeartRadio 111 Productions. Uh, we are going to get into presenting Lorelai Gilmore season two. What episode is this? Does anybody know? Right, this is episode six. Six? Almost. I was one off. Six. Season two, episode six. Boy, we're really motoring down that mm-hmm. Gilmore Highway, aren't we? My God, it's, it seems like we just started yesterday. Already we're, you know, well into season two. It's crazy. Uh, it's flying by. Wow. Um. Anyway. 
what do you guys think? What are, you know? What, we should what do? did Let's, you think? You tell us first. What did you think? Well, I don't know. You want to you want to do the uh, um, yeah Riley. Uh, let's do Riley. Go ahead. Uh, do do the uh, synopsis for us, Riley. Thank you. I love doing the synopsis. Thank you for queuing me up. This is season two, episode six, presenting Lorelai Gilmore, air date November six, two thousand one. Rory surprises every. Rory surprises everyone by agreeing to Emily's request that she make her debut at a debutante ball. And when Lorelai asks Rory's dad, Christopher, to present his daughter to society, she finds herself attracted to the new, more responsible man that he has become. You, Scott, you give us your initial thoughts of the whole episode, because I have a few things that really stood out. No one asked you. My initial thoughts of this episode were, are, um, discomfort. I, I, it was uncomfortable for me to watch Lorelai giving Christopher another chance for personal reasons, for character reasons, because it's still kind of a part of me. Right. I mean, you can't separate, right. you can't, it, it's hard to separate and, you know, you try to put that stuff away, but it's like, I'm watching these episodes now. So I'm, it's reigniting a lot of stuff. Um, and I just think, you know, after 10 years and he's in his early thirties that he's figuring out about responsibility. And, and, you know, the one thing that really hit me, I got very sad at one point in this episode because Rory didn't have a dad. Yeah. yeah. And it made, it really hit me. It really hit me hard about what could have been and how they should have tried to work it out. I mean, I, I kept saying to myself, why couldn't they have worked it out? And why couldn't this girl have had her dad? And he's such a fantastic guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. with so much potential. And, and they, even what even when he said he's coming, mm -hmm. they they still were like, so 60% chance. Yeah, he's right. Coming. It's like, you know what I mean? like they don't trust him. And so I, I related that experience to, to mine as a father. And I just couldn't imagine walking out on my kid, no matter how. But I mean, I didn't have a baby at 16. Okay. <laughs> I wonder, does Christopher and his relationship with Lorelai bother you? Yes. Because they clearly have chemistry. I don't find they, it entertaining and I don't see, feel the chemistry. And I think it's because you're Luke. I no. see it, feel it, love Do it. Do you really? Yeah. I feel their chemistry. I was bummed for her when he had to say, I can't stay because there's someone in Boston. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, is you felt Rory was happier for him because I don't think she realizes how much Lorelai still loves him. But the disappointment that I felt for Lorelai, just as she sort of really was like crushing on him or liking him, or you know, I think their banter is always like right on point. And I wonder if it bothers you because it's like that's what she has with Luke. Look, I'm part of the audience now. I'm one of them. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm watching this girl, this woman, who this character Luke loves, and thinking, get your butt to the diner and get it going. Let this romance begin. Stop effing around with these people that are not solid human beings. I mean, you've got a guy sitting there on a park bench, and they're all moony for each other and giggly and smiley talking about how at 32, 33 years old, 
he's finally realized that he has to get a car and get off the motorcycle. And you know, right. and, and, and you know what the most telling scene in the whole thing for me was, is when they got into the Volvo, Lorelai and, and Christopher, and he turned on that horrible music. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what, what, what on earth is that? But, but it's like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, is there even a, a, a competition here? You know, get so was, again, it was like, get your butt out of that yeah. car and get to Luke's and let that romance start going because that girl has a hole in her heart. Yeah. And I, and it's, and it's like biology versus practicality and, and what's right for Rory. And another thing that got me is when the, you know, who's going to take me, uh, uh, if it's not, if Christopher's not going to take her to, uh, uh, to the, I know. to the well, That bothered me too. And, and she, and, and, and they're sitting at the t- t- table saying, well, I well who could it possibly be? And I'm thinking me. That bothered me too. I agree. She that, said, that Taylor, Rory said, well, we could get Taylor, Taylor or, guy. you know, maybe we get the sanitation guy or, you know, I'm like, what do you think that it hurt? I was I hurt. I, I was hurt. It, it was jarring for me too. So it do was. you think the writers didn't write Luke because if they would have said Luke, you were the more logical choice than Christopher. It was almost right. like they couldn't say it. Because right. They then couldn't, they would have right. been all like, Yeah, of course Luke is gonna do it. But it's still and it hurt. was like, why even have this storyline with Christopher? So that's too- that's again getting the audience to participate in the piece by leaning forward and saying, "What about Luke?" Yeah, I was, <laughs> that was very jarring for me too. That was really jarring. I was just like stunned. I think the part you and I disagree on is, I do like the chemistry with Christopher. I don't. I always think they have a great banter. They know each other so well. What I haven't figured out yet, even though I've seen all the episodes, and I, you know. I know is that at this moment, does Lorelai crush on Christopher as she's seeing him become what she always wanted him to be and the old feelings. Do you know what I mean? Like, does she really love him now or does she just love that he's the dad and they never had their shot and blah, blah, blah. I think he's going to end up being the uh, rebound guy for Max. And I think he's going to know that. And I, I think love that ma- you don't know. I mean, I, 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 right. Do I, do I not know? I do not know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. Well, uh, you can I, have, like, I remember, you know, little bits, but I, I guess I don't understand as much as I hoped I would understand the human heart because she is so she's bouncing around like a, a pinball machine looking for love and she deserves it. And she deserves a really solid guy. I don't think, I don't, I don't want to Chris, criticize Christopher. I think he's a terrific character mm-hmm. and a terrific guy, but he's I, not settled. He's not right for them. Now, now that Rory is, is older now, it's going to do less damage to Rory and ultimately, maybe not so much Lorelai. If they do get back together, she goes right. off to college. Christopher and Lorelai are together. And they're having a fabulous time. And if it doesn't work out, it's not going to destroy uh, uh, Rory's future. Any damage done's already been done. Right, she's already right, worked right. it out. You know what I mean? She's already worked it out. She's and grown past it. And there is damage done. Sure. We, you know, but it's not, it doesn't seem so tragic. Sure. I always notice, you know, Christopher pulls up in the Volvo. Rory comes out. She's so happy to see him. Lorelai and Christopher always kiss. They always kiss hello and she doesn't do that with other characters 
And then there was, a, I think there was three kisses in this episode. She definitely kisses him like on the mouth when they're in the, in Stars Hollow and she's saying, you know, Boston's not that far. Mm-hmm. It's like they have this chemistry connection, but it is physical. He, like they definitely he can't. touch each other. And oh yeah, there were three kisses. She kisses him goodnight, like on the lips. He can't when she's handle going her. To bed. He cannot handle Lorelai. He cannot exist in that world. He is not able to exist in that world. They are not a good couple. Okay. Even though they made a child, they're not right for each other. To me, that is clear. She is too, she is too powerful and he, and he is too unsettled. Yeah. He's always catching up. You know, it's like, it's like, he's so boyish. That's right. It's like, he's That's not right. emotionally mature enough to catch up to where she is in her life. You know, she moved on and she made a, a career and a life for Rory. What the hell's yeah. he been doing? Riding around on his motorcycle, you know, starting businesses unsuccessfully, you know, searching, searching, searching the lost so soul. He tells her he about Sherry that they're living together. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to lead the witness. How did you feel? What did you feel when he told her that? I didn't understand why he let it get to that point where he knew there was all this flirtation mm-hmm. and he knew there was all this chemistry between them. And, her, and obviously she was, egging him on and, and mm-hmm. looking at him and, you know, being very open to him. And he, he could read those signs very early on in the episode. So why did he let it get to that point? So to yeah, me, it that, seems a little a sort question. of passive aggressive and a little hostile, you know? He acknowledges that. I yeah. was disappointed for her. Even though, look, I love Luke and Lorelai. I was disappointed. I felt bad for her. I yeah. I mean, yeah, I did too. I mean, she's barking up the wrong tree. And it's so obvious, but, you know, we're talking about somebody who is working her tail off to being a great mom and she wants some love in her life. She deserves it, but it's right down the street serving your coffee. Okay. (laughs) And then, you know, they they Mm. end in the diner eating the burger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good. That was funny. You know what I think is so well done about this episode Mm. is the sprinkling of Jess. They are not beating us over the head with Jess. They're, it's not like we met him last week and now Rory's falling in love with him. It's just sprinkling. Mm-hmm. It's like we're getting to know him. We had two great scenes with him, uh, but it's more subtle. Did you notice that? Yeah, I, well, I don't feel like no, anyone's banging me over the head. No, it's like he. what we're seeing now is like you're not fit for society and you're in boot camp and I'm your drill instructor and this is what's happening. And once you're prepared, you will have more scenes with other people. <laughs> what do you think when he's wearing the Luke? Classic moment. <laughs> it's 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 like now you know it's it's still his rebellious self. I mean, he's conforming without conforming. You know, there's a double meaning there. So it's uh, you know it's another typical clever rebellious Jess move, right? I mean, without having to say anything. So. Yeah. He's a he's a brilliant character. He's a brilliant kid, you know. Um, but I think it shows on a certain level a lot of respect, you know, an unconscious yeah. level of respect yeah. for Luke, you know, because he went into his closet and he put on one of his shirts and one of his hats and came downstairs. So he's really making nice, you know. There's nothing yeah. to upset about for Luke. He's really making nice, and it's like, hey, I'm going to make a joke out of this. Just kind of way, and right. I see Rory watching him. 
Right. That's what I thought was interesting when she's eating the burger in that, you know, second to last scene. Just watching him, yeah. watching you two. He's you know, not she's good, not yeah. she's not ignoring him. She's right. like no. not she she they both were watching you guys. That's why he was cast. You can't you can't ignore that, right? <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I you know, this episode really framed for me uh you know, looking forward and also framed looking back what could have been, what Rory will become and what Lorelai could have been. And it was such a poignant moment. Yeah. Such a poignant moment when uh Emily and Lorelai are standing there and mm-hmm. Emily says, you know, that that was supposed to be you. Mm-hmm. She goes, and oh, then well. followed up with the final scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. Lorelai goes over and just just to hang. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm here if you have no, you know, you want to talk. Heartbreaking. Absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. I'm concerned about Richard and Emily, but I'm mostly concerned about Richard with, you know, he is having a crisis at work that he's being phased out. And losing his identity. I don't know that that moment for me, with her cutting the, the the trimming her rose bushes or whatever she was doing, and Lorelai just like, what are you doing here? Hanging? What? What is that? We don't. We haven't established that. You're not my daughter, really. You don't really like me. And what are you doing here? And it just for me, it took on tragic proportions because that's time. You know, that's 16, 17 years that you can't get back and you can't relive it. And that's a life. And that's a relationship that just won't be as full and fruitful and loving um, as it could have been. Yeah. And I'm not blaming anybody for it. I'm not blaming Ror- Lorelai. I'm not blaming Emily. It's just life. Life can sometimes be very tragic. What do you make of the fact that she went to Emily to sort of be there for her? instead of going to Richard to say, Hey, do you want to talk about what's going on at work? Like she really went to Emily multiple mm-hmm. times in this episode, which I thought I, was interesting. I think she had flashbacks to her own relationship with Christopher and the arguments that they were having that split them mm. up because they were of a similar nature. I mean, all these arguments are pretty much similar. It's like, you're not spending enough time with the family. You're working too hard. And you know, they're in that kind of relationship and the guy doesn't want to talk about it. You know, and, and, and you're not listening to me. I told you and you're not listening to me. And these are common, right? Everybody has them that's in a relationship. Um, and I think it made her just flash back to those moments with Christopher. Like, what have I lost here? Mm. It may, it, it, and I could lose my parents and my father's, you know, they're getting, he's getting older now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting older. And my daughter is going away to college and I am going to be alone. And what will I have what have I created in my life that I've detached myself from my mother and my father mm. necessarily mm-hmm. in her mind, right? Justifiably so in her mind. But now what does she have? If we, right. so the message is, you know, family is everything. We have nothing if we don't have our families. And a little bit of sliding doors, that Gwyneth Paltrow movie sliding doors, because, and I think you pointed it out in our last episode, when the fan dance is happening behind Lorelai. And and you do have that moment of like, wow, she could have had an entirely different life. Had these certain things not happened, she would have been doing the fan dance and who knows what would have happened. And you see them wondering, and then Emily points it out by saying, should have been you. 
I think it's high time, and I don't know if this happens in the episodes. I think it's high time that Laura like gets some therapy. Yeah, she won't, but yeah. And yeah. talk about and talk and really explore what made her rebel so hard against her family and the country club lifestyle and the cotillions and the balls and the yeah. and all of that stuff. What made her move to Stars Hollow? What made her behave so rebelliously? What what was it? You know what's so interesting? Tell me if I'm crazy. Mm. If this show were made today, don't you think the wacky therapist would have been a character in Stars Hollow? Like 20 years ago, that wasn't so like what mm -hmm. we did. But right. now, like the whole family would have been in therapy and or I don't know. I just feel like if it was made today, there would be the Kirk that was the therapist of Stars Hollow. <laughs> it would be the Bevette right. or the somebody just super. I don't know. I could see that because that is so logical what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, why are yeah. these people all not in massive therapy? Anyone that has a kid at 16, they all need therapy. Anyone whose dad isn't in their life needs mm -hmm. therapy. Like, I think mm -hmm. you made a yeah. really interesting point. Yeah. I mean, uh, therapy is a wonderful thing. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are trained to, 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 to handle all kinds of different situations. They have a lot of experience in it. And Lorelai needs somebody like that right now. There's a lot this. going on in her life. She's going to lose her daughter to college. She yeah. has no real relationship with her parents. Every time she's at a Friday night dinner, she's sarcastic and hostile toward her own mother. The mother just tolerates it. And the mother even yeah. said it, uh, Emily even said at the top of this episode, when she came in the first time uh, for Friday night dinner, that we didn't see the dinner, but we just saw the entrance. And she yeah. said, Lorelai, you're exhausting. And I agreed. Yeah. It's like so much ener energy expended for all this verbiage and all this sarcasm. And I was like, God, the, the level of an engagement and doesn't go to therapy. Right. Like, and I get it 20 years ago. It was a little bit, it wasn't so like obvious, mm -hmm. but yeah, that would be a whole interesting thing. Yeah. I know we're running over. We have to take a break. We have to take a break. All right. Uh, oh, I, I can. I never. Uh, you know that little clock and that ping. I never hear it because we're so involved. And that clock, that timing. Ping. Anyway, we got to take a break. The clock is barking at me right now. Do you want so. me to reveal my secret when we come back? Yeah, Whenever maybe. Sure, if you want I'm to. Not, I, I, I listen. Not excited about. No, no, no. I think it's. I think, but I have a bombshell too. So why don't we compare bombshells? Yes, mine will not be as good, but I'm ready. You are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Mine will be sort of like laughable. It's like a pop gun. It's like a what? Oh. <laughs> I have a bombshell. Can't wait. Yet another. Mine, okay. Mine should, okay. Mine will go first because that way mine would be a letdown. Right. Okay. Then I'll have egg on my face when mine isn't such a big deal. Right. And you're just setting me up. I know how you're up. Right. You're smarter than everybody put together. I get it. I understand. No, um, no. All right. So, all right, let's take a little break and we will be back and we will talk bombshells. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. Amy has a pop gun of a bombshell. It's not really it's a like bombshell. It's a light little something. Go ahead. But maybe Let's... you'll have questions. Maybe I'll have questions. I always do. So I don't typically admit this. I debated whether or not to admit this, but it just seemed too obvious. 
Uh, I, it's hard to say, it's hard to admit, I'm not going to lie, I was a debutante. No. Wow. That's massive. No, it's not massive. But That's what I will huge. say for people wondering is that isn't that over the top. It's pretty fairly accurate. Now, where not, are you? At, where were you a debutante? In California? San Francisco, in San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. The hoity-toitiness of it all. The wedding dress thing is totally accurate. The oh escort my. thing is totally accurate. The dad part is totally accurate. <laughs> it was all pretty accurate. Other than the, Emily's part was pretty accurate. Right. We did not have any kind of fan dance. Look at uh, Riley. Right. Riley is dying. Were you a debutante, Riley? Amy, I'm crying because I convinced my parents to not let me be a debutante and I convinced them to give me the number or the money that would cost for the wedding dress and put it towards something else. Like I was so against being a debutante because it was not my thing. And so I'm crying that you were a debutante. People don't think it was my thing, but I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Basically just like Rory. Like it makes other people happy. Like it made my grandparents happy. It made my parents happy. Sure, fine. You know, whatever. But yeah, I have a full wedding dress, full poof, tool, rhinestone. I mean, almost exactly like one of those dresses. You have to share pictures. You have to share pictures of this event. Okay, I'll try to Please, we have to to see these pictures. My dad, so the difference was you had to waltz. And you Mm -hmm. had to waltz with your dad. And then you have to waltz with the escort, something like that. The waltz is hard. I was not a good waltzer. That was like, otherwise, yeah, I mean, it was pretty accurately portrayed. Maybe, I'm sure somebody was drinking, had a flask, just like <laughs> back there. And it's pretty accurate. I'm not going to lie. Like, you were a debutante. <laughs> and did you did you marry your escort? Four out of five not, escorts? I did not. You didn't- the escorts, so a lot of people would have like a sibling be their escort. Mine was like a childhood friend. There was less of that. Like you weren't going to marry your escort and you weren't like out, like who wants to be my husband? It was not quite that. Right. And I was a debutante in 1992. Hmm. So it was before this, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty accurate. And you were in the paper as a result. You were in the oh, San yeah. Francisco Herald and the San Francisco Examiner <laughs> with a photo. I think it's the Chronicle, the San Francisco Chronicle or one of those. Yeah. Amy, think- Sh- Amy Sugarman debuts. Yeah, it definitely says that. Like, it was, <laughs> I think there was a group photo. It was like a little. How, you, you know, were 16? 16? No, you're, for ours, you're 18. So you did uh, okay. when you're a senior. They want you. They want you to be able to drive to the place, right? I got you. <laughs> and then it kind of happens. I, I think. I think it was senior year, or something like that. Oh my um, gosh! And it's a little embarrassing. Like it's like not something. Why? You, you know, because it's kind of fancy or hoity-toity. So what? Sort of all the same things that you. Know, I'm braced. You're lucky, right? It's not yeah, good I mean, for you. What's interesting is like that's why I thought it was so accurate done right some of the reasons for it you know it's a tradition mm-hmm. sort of a archaic tradition it's sort of ridiculous but it's sort of like you get it so you're rory gilmore you're not laurela you're rory yeah i was sort you of went like through it's it. not my thing but i was cool fine to do it riley you're our resident lorelei 
I am indeed Lorelai. I'm You're Lorelai. <laughs> but I bring it up just because it was portrayed. It was not over the top. No, no. Except it, for the fan dance. That right, was right. Epic. Yeah. Wow. And kind, and kind of like, even when, so we had older dads, do you know what I mean? Like art, because mm. we obviously didn't have, weren't born when our parents were 16. But I love when she <laughs> says Christopher to Christopher, like, you're a hot dad. Mm-hmm. He said, you're a hot dad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there was always sort of like, oh, that one girl has the hot dad. Which and where, where did this take place? Where, did you do many of these or no, did you do just, no. just the one? No, only the one. And, and where did it take place? In San Francisco. I know, but where? Uh, at a hotel ballroom? Yeah, where? at the St. Francis Hotel or... Oh, uh, wow. I think it, yeah, something like that. And then it's just kind of like... Was there a placard outside the room? The Amy Sugarman debutante no. ball? Presenting Amy... Thing and there's, presenting Amy this, Sugarman. They don't show mm. all this parts, but there's like parties leading up to it and like a whole thing wow so you were introduced into high society san francisco style in the early 90s yeah i guess so i i might have been not like there's two so there was ours and then there's a fancier one in san francisco i wasn't in the top top one there Mm -hmm. was one that was considered fancier but it's just because i didn't i think uh, yeah, whatever. I wasn't in the fancy, fancy one. I was in the. So second. here you are. Here you are d- during the the beginnings of the dot com boom, right? Mm-hmm. A debutante, eighteen. This explains all the yachts and the houses. <laughs> this explain. This explains everything. I have no more questions. I, I get it, it now. only because I thought I'm not saying it about me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it because I thought people would think it's interesting. Because some people might know it, or some people might think like, "What is this?" It was pretty well done the way they did it. And even mm-hmm, like, like mm-hmm. when Emily gets so mad, because she's like, I thought this would be an elegant ballroom, not at a shakies. Like I was like, oh my God, it's so weird. What was the line she had about the flowers? Uh, she had yeah, a great was- line about the flowers. What did she say when she walked in and she saw the flowers? Oh, oh my God. She said, what did um, she say? It was baby's st- breath. Baby's- We're not at the like hospital. <laughs> Are we in a hospital? <laughs> Are we in a hospital? There were so many funny lines, uh, too. Like, oh it, there's God. so many fun, funny lines. Lorelai with the book on her head, eating the mm-hmm. Kung Pao chicken. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted all of us to see if we could walk with the book on her head and eating Kung Pao chicken. And she's like, I can even spit the peanuts back in. And mm-hmm. then at one point, Rory comes in and she's all, hey, little Debbie. Because, like, mm-hmm. a little Debbie, but then also debutante. I mean, the, it right, was... Right, right, right. Whoever wrote it, this episode, definitely knew what they were right. doing. Just the nuances the, yes. and the tales. There were like, people on the writing staff that had been through they, that. They yes. definitely yes. knew what they were talking about. They were not writing right. something they didn't know. Because even Dean going tales, which was totally like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. was even worse. And, like, almost like we had fun, but a little bit you're dreading it. You're like, this is stupid. What are we doing? Right. And there was a great scene between Rory and that other girl, that blonde girl who was trying to decide yes, which Libby. shade of lipstick. Yes, if I, I put mean, the wrong color, I look like a what? What did she say she looks like? A teacher or a... A teacher. Something. <laughs> and she's been trying to decide. For no, a prostitute or a yeah. teacher. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. And she's been playing, you know. Oh so 
it's so funny. Like, uh, I know. Yeah, Rory so- was so level-headed and cool, calm, and collected that whole time. She couldn't understand why all these, this especially this one girl, was flipping out. I only have an hour and a half to finish. She goes, "Really? <laughs> right." She was. I'm so ready to go. Chill, I'm good to go. Even though she was down to do it, mm-hmm. she wasn't put off by it. She wasn't anti it. Right. She just was sort of the chill. Right. Version. So let's discuss that because that created a lot of angst inside of Lorelai. You know, yeah. and it really pleased. So Rory w- wants to please her grandmother. She wants yes. to, you know, it, so here's the question is, is Rory influenced, obviously is Rory influenced by her decision to actually go through with this against her mother's wishes and Lorelai backed down pretty easily. She really did. She really, I thought so too. I, th- I was surprised by that. Yeah. That she was like, all right. I thought that was going to be point of contention throughout the episode. I thought that was going to be the whole episode. Yeah. It was like the battle, the battle, the battle lines are drawn. Here we go. And boundaries are being uh, invaded again and crossed without permission. And Lorelai's going to get in a a Maserati and head over to Emily's and give her what for. My take on it is this. Mm. Rory loves making her grandparents happy. Yes. I also don't think she's so anti all of it. Right. She likes her fancy school. Remember in episode one, she was so excited to get into Chilton. Mm -hmm. She is not as put off by the fanciness of it that Lorelai is. It's not necessarily Rory's like, I must have this or entitlement. She just doesn't find it awful. But I think from Rory's point of view, growing up the way she has... She doesn't want to face or experience any more familial battles. Mm-hmm. It's like, Mom, mm-hmm. will you just put down your sword? Mm-hmm. This is all good stuff. I don't have to fight your battles yeah. with you or for you anymore. I'm done. I yeah. want to do this thing. This is good for me. She I is. think it's nice. Yeah, you is. know, my grandparents are being really great with me. Yeah. And so this is making creating even more anxiety inside of Lorelai. You're right. She spelled it out pretty clearly. Like, Hey, I'm, I don't have any reason like why I wouldn't want to do this. And it makes grandma so happy. Right. Why don't we all just like do it? Yeah. Why don't we just relax? I don't have a bone to pick with my grandmother and grandfather. You know, you, you, you keep, you know, keeping this hatred alive and this, this, this division alive. But what's so awful about them, Mom? You know, I, they're pretty great to me. The and they, they, they're pretty great to her, too. They tolerate her. Right. I mean, God darn it, what happened? Yeah. What happened between this family? And that's what they don't show, which is so maddening, which is so wonderful about the show. Yeah. It's like, what happened? How Lori bad were those been, fights? Can you imagine those fights that they had when she was 16 and I'm pregnant? I was so sort of offended or oh, anti gosh. this. Yeah. Whereas Rory's sort of like, eh, it seems like, you know, okay, cool. Be a nice night. Dad can yeah. be there right. and we can, yeah. uh, listen. I'll listen. watch BattleBots with Dean to get him to hold my hand down yeah. this thing. I think, I think every child's instinct or every kid's instinct who is, a, a you know, there's, there's not a mother or a father in the home or whatever, Their instinct, if they have the opportunity, is to bring the family back together. Mm -hmm. That is in the 
psychology and the psychological makeup of every child that comes from a somewhat broken home. If it's not a completely horrible person that they're calling forth back into the family. Right. So it's, so it's, so I think Rory has a lot of that where she's mature enough to see the benefit for this for her and for her mom. Yeah. Right. Pretty great. These people are pretty great. It's, it's taking, you know, the adult view of things over time, mom, this is going to work out great for me. And it's also going to work out great for you. So I really see now that Rory is the lead character in the show, showing everybody how to live their lives and, and bury the hatchet and come back as a family. So this yeah. is really a very slow motion uh, revolution coming back mm-hmm. to what once was and yeah. maybe even making it better. And yeah. she's carrying the torch for it without really being pushy about it. But she's just Side sort of, mom, water. this is what I want. Yeah. How great did Lorelai look at the debutante ball? Oh yeah. Speaking of, which we could have talked to Brenda about, that was the perfect dress. Like Mm -hmm. she looked, she fits in there perfectly with that little bit of edge, like Mm -hmm. knowing the bartender's name and the whole, you know, she's still her, but she's not awkward or out of place ever at those things. Oh no, 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 no. She, she's of, she's cut from that cloth. Same with Christopher. Same with Christopher. Yes. With the, the clever little quick lines. Yeah. And, and I just, he just, I'll, I'll say it again. He just isn't a serious person. He's not a grown up yet. He's not a fully formed right. man. He's sort of playing the part of a grown up right now. Right. What did you think of their dance? Though? Because I think that his father and his mother were really harsh. Oh, they were praying. They were straight him. praying. They, I mean, they, they must have crucified him. Yeah, they, they mean, really messed him up. Oh, boy, yeah, that so father. What did yeah. you think of Christopher and Lorelai's <clears throat> dance at Miss Patty's? Because it was pretty awesome. I thought it was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, they rehearsed the hell out of that and pulled yeah. it off beautifully. Yeah, yeah, they both danced well. And you yeah. also... Um, she moves very well. She's yeah. she's very light on her feet and... She's a, she's a terrific dancer. And I think it's important to the characters because you realize mm-hmm. like, wow, these two have danced before. These yep. two were on the path that now Rory and Dean are going to actually go to the ball. But like mm-hmm. they knew the dance. They have that connection. Yeah. They had their shot. Get over <laughs> to the diner. <laughs> I'll show you how to dance. <laughs> You want to dance? You know, we're not there yet, but there are so many epic lines in this episode. <laughs> there really are. You know, I was Sailor. Uh, right. I was writing them all down, and then I just, you know, there was, they I were was coming like, so fast, I couldn't write that fast. I was like, oh my God, I have like a thousand lines I love in here. Go through, let's go through them. Let's go through them. Okay, we'll go out of order. I'll give you my favorite lines, and one will lead us right into the pop culture. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Favorite lines, one is obviously... Hello, sailor. Hello, sailor. And Dean's all irritated. Mm -hmm. And Rory says, I think you can do it without the hello, sailor part. Uh I thought Uh that was amazing. I love it's Luke, just Luke, Mr. Luke. That was right, right, right. 
the shakies line, which I mentioned. Right. What is this? The shakies and these baby's breath. What are we in a hospital? Kung Pao chicken with the book on the head, spitting the peanuts back on. Right. Right. Um, Oh, I know. So Lorelai is talking to those women, which actually I do have something I want to ask you about, but and Christopher comes up and saves her. And she says, you saved me. I love you. I want to have your baby. Oops, too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you know. Uh, kind of cornball city for me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, those are, those, you know, I thought the whole thing was just dense again, too. Just so uh-huh. much happening. Yeah. It oh. felt a little, it just sort of, everything felt a little off for me in the beginning of the episode. It just, it, for me, it just felt, it, it got going. Yeah. Definitely. But it just felt a little, um, Riley, uh, uh, can you cue up the bombshell please? Oh God, I forgot. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm about to deliver. Wait, will you wait one a, second before your bombshell? Load. Because I have one yes. more question. Go ahead. What did you think of the scene on the patio in early in the episode? So Emily's having tea with her girlfriends and mm-hmm. they are gossiping. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was aggressive gossip, like about truly Bishop and finding out that the husband had the other family at the Schaefer's cocktail party and she threw an ice sculpture. I mean, that was some, you also saw that side of it, that there is aggressive gossiping and like very, the things you don't like. It, it it made me realize and also reestablished how powerful a social force that uh, Emily and yeah. and Richard are mm-hmm. in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Um, she pretty much reigns. She's probably you know she's the queen of Hartford, yeah. uh, uh, the uh, the grand dame, if you will. Right. So, they even say it. You'll be able to get your granddaughter in at the last minute because right. you're Emily Gilmore. Right. Right. So she's uh, she's 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 a heavy heavyweight in that mm-hmm. in that area. It was um, aggressive gossiping. I was like, they definitely depicted that accurately too. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, these ladies sit around and they're talking mad bleep about this other truly bishop. It made me want to uh, play a round of golf at a Tony Country <laughs> Club and then have lunch uh, with a tartan rug. You know, or I wonder if some people are put off by that. Like, I don't, I would be interested to hear what people say. You know, obviously it was funny and entertaining, but if some people are like, woof. Because it's gossipy. Yeah, well, everybody, I think everybody gossips. I don't, I don't think that is, is, is. Psychology says it's healthy. There's some element of gossip. It's why probably we're all fascinated with celebrities, because there's some element of it that's like healthy for our psyche. or whatever. Yeah, I, I, everybody gossips. Everybody gossips about everybody else. I mean, it's just, it's a given. It's how people interact. I'm getting, you know? I'm getting ready for the bomb show. All right, let's, let's cue it up. Is it an alien, you're, you're, an alien muffin? Which people were like, why does she keep calling it an alien muffin? Okay. What are we observing here, Amy? We okay. are observing a scene so this where. Is in the episode. Let's go ahead and play it. And hang on. What does she ask for? She asks for a gum wrapper to write down a phone yes, number. Yes, she's trying to get okay. Christopher's new number. So this is the scene. Correct. The now, look, there's a notebook. There's a notepad. Oh, How did oh, that happen? Oh. Well, it just Baby. appeared. <laughs> Bombshell. Boom. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Oh, rewind, rewind. So she's rewind. writing that number. Okay. Was she, she writing in a notebook before nope, that? Nope. 
Well, gum maybe, wrapper. but but she was that, writing down writing on the gum wrapper. What happened? Boom! Oh, now she's holding wow, it. Wow! 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 Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's a big deal. That was eagle eyes McGee there, Scott. Good, I, I don't job. know that it's is it's rises to the level of I was a debutante <laughs> too. That's big. That's a big one, right? Thank uh, you so, so much. I, I think you win this Thank round. Thank you. There was an, a lot of clown pillow in this, too. In this okay. Yeah. There, there, there was. And clown there, there was. There, there definitely like back was. Back and forth. Back. And it was almost like, oh my God, the clown pillow, the clown pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we taking away from this episode? Why was this episode? Oh, look who has time. Who's dropped in our Danielle's right fielder? Here. Is Danielle here? Our right fielder, Danielle, has decided to join For us. For everyone mid- listening, Danielle was at the vet with the dog, so we will she give was. her a pass. That's Danielle, right. I know you don't know what has been happening, so just give your thoughts. Yes, I have so many thoughts. Go ahead. I- I did tune in for like the last like 15 minutes. So at least I heard like some of your lines and stuff, but I will say that this episode and Scott and I briefly spoke about it a little bit earlier. I loved it so much. I thought it was so good to see a different side of Lorelai. And also like for a lot of the episode, I was like, oh my God, Lorelai and Christopher, like they need to just be together. Like their chemistry is fire. Like it's so good. No, no. <laughs> something, something wrong with you people. There's something wrong with you people. Heartbreaking. It was so sad for her. Something like, seriously wrong with you people. And she kind of mm. goes on a limb. It's so like every girl's nightmare where you like go and say <laughs> it to the dude. And then you're like, oh, you have a girlfriend. Yeah, she was putting in a big effort there to to bat her eyelashes at him. Danielle, did you notice they kiss on the lips all the time? Yes. (laughs) I I was like, like kiss on the lips and boom. Sorry, I'm seeing somebody else from Boston. You know, I need to I need to take a break. I'm sorry, you guys just talk talk about this stuff. I'm gonna. Oh no, Scott's like getting her feelings. God's I'm like, getting a little, I know. A little I know. There is anyway, Danielle, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you, please. And I know those were my thoughts. And then I just, for, for the first, not the first time, but like this, this episode in particular, I just thought it was very fascinating. The dynamic between Emily and Richard. Mm-hmm. And then I just got like heart wrenched with Richard realizing he's getting old. He's being phased out. Like it's time for him for his identity not to be about work anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's just having that like self crisis moment God, where he's I like, I just want to tell you all what happens, but I won't. Oh, I won't. No, I won't. don't I won't. do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But I got, I got really sad. I was like, you know, like his identity has been all about work for so long. Mm-hmm. And now that's not going to be his identity anymore. Right. And like what that means for their relationship, because his identity is what gives them their social status, you know? Mm. So wow, well, they can spend, they can spend more time together, you know, he can, but he's a, obviously a workaholic. He's that type a workaholic and look at, look at what he has built up. It fulfills uh, him. It's what makes yeah, him feel yeah. like a contributing member of society. Hi. Yeah, yeah. You got to have it. I mean, I always felt like, boy, I need to work. I have to have a job. I can't lay around. Every time I don't vacation well unless I'm skiing. Because <laughs> so I feel like I'm working, right? That's I'm working. That's actually what takes your mind away from it. Yeah, and I'm I hiking. Think that's, why and, 
he's rejecting the cocktail party and rejecting uh-huh. the debutant ball, like because his like you know identity is kind of yeah, starting to like a little bit. Important. Too bad he too bad he can't take the time to enjoy his success with Emily and go to these cocktail parties and you know, but he can't. He's he's yeah, busy, right? Because he feels he's busy, worthless if he's not working or he feels the pressure yeah it's like now you know you're over 60 you go to the gym you got to work twice as hard to get half the results that's the reality that's what that's what that's in in work parlance that's what ed is experiencing (laughs) (laughs) sit up don't fall down don't fall down what what were you a debutante Hell no. Did you know people that were? Yes. And I would say like during that time, I was like, oh, you know, so-and-so from school is, you know, doing the dead, gets dressed up in the white dress, but it was just never my thing. Never my thing. But a lot of friends of mine were. Really? Did you hear that Riley was a debutante? No, you were. That is the fattest lie I've ever heard. I was absolutely not a debutante. I did everything in my power to not be a debutante. Right, right. You made the deal to get the cash. You took the cash yeah, option. Bradley was an entrepreneur. <laughs> she I was... told my parents what you'd spend on the dress. I'll I'll take into my account. You know, <laughs> yes. put it towards school or something else. That's so interesting. So yeah, dress. Danielle, none of us were debutantes. Amy, I would have thought you might have been. I would have maybe, but you were. Yeah. You, were. you missed that part. Yeah. Oh, she was a big time, big that time. Was photo, she was like, I will try to find. I don't know if I headlines can. in the San Francisco Chronicle. I mean, there were huge stories that day, and they just bumped them all like Sugarman's the debutante. Yeah, Let's get them on the didn't. front I was page. Very like back page of the calendar section or something. But... <sighs> back page. Yeah. Of the I don't think so. Anyway, what else? What else uh, have should we unearth about this start? episode? Oh, I know. I was going to lead us into the pop culture with one of the best lines in the whole thing. So, Riley, you'll have to go out of order, but it is when Lorelai says, "Nobody puts baby in a corner," and we all know why this line means so much mm-hmm. because Kelly Bishop was yes. in the corner. Yes. In Dirty Dancing, when that yes. line is delivered by yes. the most iconic Patrick Swayze. Most iconic. God, he was, that movie is so good. I worked with him on a movie. What movie? Uh, Three Wishes. He, I heard he was the nicest guy. I, I, we interviewed Abs- him a few times and he was. but He was like, it was bizarre how, it, it was, it was, it was not just nice it was he was just he came off like some kind of i don't know almost yogic figure like a yogi yeah i mean he was so centered and so yes yeah yeah i mean and and any time and he wanted to get to know everybody and i mean you know stars of that stature don't sit down and have lunch with people like me and he did not just on one occasion. I was on that film for three, four months. Wow. And we sat down and had lunch frequently. And it was, 
I mean, he was just the nicest, giving me all this guidance, and, and I'd ask him a ton of questions, and he'd smile and he'd laugh. I mean, what a nice guy. Um, and Mary Elizabeth Antonio was on that film, oh, too, yeah. and she was the same way. She was the same That's way. So, cool. so you had these two people that were just like these... I don't know. They were just like more highly evolved beings. You know, yeah, what's just, crazy it, about it, Dirty Dancing is like it wasn't such a big movie when it first opened. It mm -hmm. was over time. It's become this massive movie. And then he had another one with Ghost. So you're like, God, this guy's like a, just a massive mm -hmm. movie star. Oh, massive movie star. And, and, you know, he was playing that type of a character anyway like a magical man that comes as like some kind of traveler who comes yeah. into their lives. And, um, God, in the 1950s, sing, like that Oh God, stud. I know what a, what a great guy. What a great guy. You just fall in love with him right away. I carry fall a lot of them. Right That's my favorite line in all of Dirty <laughs> I carry a lot of She's like, I carry a lot. Uh, He's just so dream boaty in mm -hmm. that movie. Mm hmm. But I mean, to yeah. use whoever thought of doing this, use the line, nobody puts baby in a corner mm -hmm. with the person that was in that movie, in that scene. I mean, she uh, was, he, Kelly Bishop was, I know we've talked about it before, it was amazing in Dirty Dancing too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and everything she does, very gifted. She says, very, very down. gifted. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC 
was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Riley, time for a little pop culture. You want an, a, a guitar accompaniment, an acoustic accompaniment, or no, this time? I, I don't think it would be complete without an acoustic <laughs> Right <accompaniment>. answer. <laughs> um, and going straight into that beautiful segue, uh, Lorelai says nobody puts baby in a corner. And a couple of facts. Um, actually, at 35 years old, Patrick Swayze was older than the role of Johnny by 10 years and was only eight years younger than Kelly Bishop at the time, which is... Really? Interesting. And Patrick Swayze insisted on doing his own stunts during the log scene. He kept on falling off the log and injured his knee so badly that they had to drain the fluid from his knee from the swelling. And that wonderful Kellerman Resort, that wonderful Kellerman Resort is now the Mountain Lake Lodge Hotel, and many fans make the trip up to this hotel every year. And the lake at the hotel at Mountain Lake Lodge dried up in 2002. And has been dry ever since. But if you visit the lake today, you will see a stone in memory of Patrick Swayze. Which is kind of cool. I know. Um, The song She's Like the Wind was co-written by Patrick Swayze and sung by Patrick Swayze. And actually Val Kilmer was initially offered the lead but declined. That is crazy, by the way. That's so crazy. It would not be the same movie with Val Kilmer. Yeah, but he was (laughs) offered, Val Kilmer was offered everything. He was like, it was. Tom, it went to Tom Cruise first. If Tom Cruise said no, it might have gone to Val Kilmer. And then, you know what I mean? There was like a top five. Was Val Kilmer's but, call sign in Top Gun Iceman? He'll always be yes. Iceman to me. Yes. God, I can't wait till that Top Gun movie comes out. Is that thing ever coming out? Top Gun 2? You know, it was supposed to come out in like 2020. Got moved because the pandemic got moved. I'm like, come on. I'm dying to see it. Anyway, sorry, Ryan. I removed my secret microphone that Tom Cruise communicates with me from my fireplace. It's not there anymore. I moved. I haven't had it installed again. 
You guys are just setting these up, these pop cultures up for me just to transition right that's in how, because we're going to go do. in. That's what we do. That's what you do. I just, you make my job so much easier. <laughs> Minus the strobe lights every once in a while. <laughs> Lorelai says, now, I know you would rather sit through endless love than be a part of this scene again when she's talking to Christopher about the debutante ball. So Endless Love is a 1981 American romantic drama film starring Brooke Shields and Martin Hewitt. Um, this is the movie debut for Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise's very brief appearance in this movie is critical to the movie's plot. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the uh, sexy lovemaking scene, <laughs> the dra- <laughs> The di- not very debutante. The director squeezed Brooke Shields' big toe off camera to provoke a reaction that would look like she was having a good time, wink, wink. Oh. Um, Terry Shields was very protective of her daughter, always keeping near, and she appears as one of the nurses in the mental hospital. And the film was also noted to have one of the most spectacular one-man stunt displays when Hugh Butterfield gets hit by a car in New York City and goes feet over feet. Feet mm. over head, feet over feet? Head over feet, girl. Head over feet. There we go. Ass over tea kettle. <laughs> Take this. <laughs> so, uh, what? Wait, Riley, was this also the movie with Ian Zeering, or am I messing that up? And that's a different movie that we're talking about this week. So it was rumored, and I double checked, and Ian Zeering did have something else previously, but he was in this. He was in So it wasn't his love. debut. He was there, but it wasn't his debut. Steve Sanders, Ian Zeering, was also in Endless Love. Crazy. Has anyone in this group ever seen Endless Love? Who's in it? Brooke Shields. It was like a big Brooke Shields movie. It was not the a, one there, where she gets on the island with Christopher Atkins. That's a no, no, I know that. I know that. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. Uh, Endless Love. There's a big song associated with uh, Endless hello, Love. Hello, right? Lionel Richie, huge. Endless Love. Yeah. And Diana yeah. Ross. All right. All right. Yeah. I used to drive by his house every day. Oh, my God. I love him so much. All right. Love him. Um, so Rory asked Lorelai if they Wait, should leave. Wait, I never found out Scott saw it. I didn't say oh, that. No, I don't. I didn't watch Brooke Shields movies. I didn't watch Endless Love. What was it? No, no. Actually, it's going to come out with on YouTube. There's going to people going to go back get archival footage of me weeping with a box of tissues. To Endless Love, right? Sorry, and my Pardon tuxedo. Me. Go ahead. No, it didn't happen. I just not. I just got really excited. No, it's okay. Um, I'm very excited for this one. We're going back to the top. Uh, Lorelai says, we didn't know we were walking in on the Lion King without the puppet heads when they walk in on Emily and Richard. And the Lion King is a 1994 American animated musical film, as well as a very successful Broadway play starting in 1997. The show features over 200 puppets, and it took over 37,000 hours to create the show's puppets and masks. For the film, the actual animated film, Frank Welker provided all the lion roars. Not a single recording of an actual lion roaring was used because the producers wanted specific sounding roars Whoa. to each lion. Whoa. Final fact, wrapping this out, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas voiced the character of young Simba. Cutie. Moving on, Lo- Lorelai and Christopher sit in his new car and Lorelai says George Lucas wishes he had this sound system. George Walton Lucas Jr. is American film director, producer, screenwriter, and entrepreneur. George Lucas is most known for creating Star Wars, and to assure the proper presentation of his work, Lucasfilm, Mr. Lucas's production company, created THX for the perfect sound and video. Um, George Lucas's dog was a major influence on his work. The dog's name, Indiana, became the name of Harrison Ford's character in the Indiana Jones series. And the look of Chewbacca on Solo's faithful sidekick in the Star Wars series was based on Lucas's dog as well. That George Lucas, he just keeping it real. Love it. 
Harry is trying to convince Dean into coming to the ball, <laughs> as Amy continues. Uh, Rory says, remember that I'll be watching BattleBots with you for a month, which Amy also referenced earlier. Um, BattleBots is an American robot combat television series. Comedy Central's first season premiered in 2000, and its fifth and last season ended in 2002. The bots can weigh up to 250 pounds, and BattleBots still exist today, and the World Championship was held in Las Vegas this year. We're seeing it now. Chicago Dean is gone, and we have Stars Hollow's Dean. Totally agree. He's fully, fully Stars Hollowed. Yes. Totally agree. Rory's chatting with the other debutante as she gets ready, and Rory says, could be a real Cirque du Soleil kind of night. Cirque du Soleil is a Canadian entertainment company and is the largest contemporary circus producer in the world. Some costume pieces in Cirque du Soleil's O are made out of shower curtains, and one traveling show uses 15 semi-trucks for transportation of equipment. Many Olympians actually go on to be part of the different shows, whether it's synchronized swimming or gymnastics, and Cirque du Soleil has also incorporated shows from Michael Jackson and the Beatles. You know, the Rolling Stones use more trucks than that. They use 40 trucks, 50 trucks. Oh, uh, when they tour? Yeah. I also feel like Riley, you say Cirque du Soleil. You're really going du Soleil, but that's okay. Is it duh? I don't know. Cirque du, Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil. Oh, yeah. Rory, Dean, and Lane are watching TV on the couch, and Lorelai says, Neil Young has got a thing on you. Uh, no. Got nothing on you. Sorry. My bad. Neil Young has got nothing <laughs> no, on you. That would be a different meaning. How dare you? Neil Young has I? a thing on you. What? Call the cops. <laughs> Piece of information, maybe. Uh, Neil Young is a Canadian-American singer, songwriter, musician, and activist. Neil is widely regarded as the godfather of grunge, in part due to his pioneering use of feedback and distortion, not to mention his love for flannel shirts. Oh, like Luke! Yes. Neil was offered $1 million to headline Woodstock in 94, but turned it down for the fest becoming too commercial. Uh, what am I playing right now? A Neil Young song? I wanna live. So I was at dinner last Friday and I learned that Neil Young is married to Daryl Hannah. I had no idea. I literally had no idea. For a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're making it work. Lorelai tells Rory she's lucky to have someone to complain to after seeing Luke and Jess argue. Lorelai says, oh, Shecky, you kill me. Shecky Green, born Fred Sheldon Greenfield, is an American comedian. Shecky was well medicated when he crashed his uh, Oldsmobile into the Caesars Palace fountains. As his car was drenched under geishers of water, Shecky merely turned to the windshield, turned on the windshield wipers. When the cops arrived, he rolled down his window and asked, "What? No spray wax?" Shecky's passion for horse racing, a horse named Shecky Green, was the front runner in 1973 Kentucky Derby. Hmm. Huh. Fascinating. Name a horse, Shecky Green. Huh? Okay. Snooping. Wow. Uh, Rory tells Lorelai she talked to Emily and she's going to be a debutante. Lorelai says, uh, Rory, that's like accepting the position as the drummer in Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap is a 1984 American mockumentary film co-written and directed by Rob Reiner in his directorial debut. I did a recording with the original drummer. No. The, the drummer in Spinal Tap. Yeah. <gasps> What's his name? Rick something? British guy. Fam- fabulous drummer. We used to jam with him every Sunday night at the Kibbutz Room in uh, Cantor's Deli. And, it's pretty cool. In uh, Hollywood, yeah. What was his name? Rick, uh, what was his name? Rick, look it up. Doing Let me it. look it up. 
Doing it. It's cast of Spinal Tap, Rick something. Just a fabulous drummer. Doing it. Hold Such on. A great drummer. I did I did like three or four songs with him back in the 90s. Purnell? Rick Purnell, yes. Jerry okay, Orbach. Go. That was the name of the guy right. that played Baby's don't dad. Put, God, it just don't came put to baby me. In, I, I didn't look it up. It came to me. Don't put Baby in the Corner's dad. Yep. I want to give. Laurel, Emily and Lorelai are talking about the debutante ball. Lorelai says, I'm still convinced she had something to do with Lily Tomlin doing that movie with John Travolta. Oh, God, I which we this one. Yes, this is the movie Moment by Moment, a 1978 American romantic drama film written and directed by Jane Wagner and starring Lily Tomlin and John Travolta. It is widely considered a catastrophe of a film history and has been blamed for nearly sinking the movie Literally careers of both Lily Tomlin Literally did not Lily know this Tomlin movie even Travolta. existed until this. What's the name of the movie? Who's the movie? Moment by Moment. And Travolta and Tomlin together? Was it a rom romantic thing or yes, like, they have a thing. I, the movie's like she lives in some town and he's the young sort of uh ne'er do well, I don't know. And then right, like, right. they have a fling. And it, it almost ruined both their careers before they got like, off the can ground. Can we even find that mm -hmm. thing on stream? How are you gonna ruin the career of a Lily Tomlin? She's hysterically funny and brilliant. You can't ruin her career with a, a bad, bad movie, movie role. Can Knock yeah, but 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 there's so many other avenues that she can take. I mean, she's a comedian, right? She's a she's a comedic actress. They both seem to have done do... okay after this, but who even knew this movie existed? Did Lily Tomlin do stand up? Probably, yeah. But I mean, she's this genius, incredible shrinking woman, nine to five, and now Grace and Frankie. I freaking love Lily Tomlin. One ringy dingy. Oh my god. Two two ringy dingies. <laughs> I Three ringy she dingies. scared me in that chair on electric. <laughs> that was scary. With the huge chair, the, the little girl. Thing. Chair, yeah. An incredible <laughs> shrinking woman fully freaked me out. Fully right. freaked me out. But she's still right. genius. Grace and Frankie, if you haven't watched it, Netflix it. Right next to Gilmore Girls, Grace and Frankie. Really? This episode was probably one of our best ever. Probably 20 minutes too long, but still real good, guys. Great job. <sighs> You can't cut anything out. It's we're uh, not going to. We're going to just let it be 20 all, minutes too long. It's like there are different forms of gold. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is like a bronzy one. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I do feel like we're all we're all on our game today. All right. So is that it? That's oh, it. Whoa, Sorry. there goes your oh. guitar. Riley, no, what no, episode no. is what are we watching next? We have episode seven, like mother, like daughter. Great job, All right, Scott. Kids. Great job. Great job. No, great job, guys. Huh? We're back. We have our starting right fielder back from the Yeah, vet. Danielle really contributed, and we missed her when she's not here. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much. Best fans in the world. Uh, and I want to thank my uh, my ball club here, Danielle Romo, right field, shotgun arm, Riley, Pelusis. Uh, shortstop, Amy, Amy Sugarman. Uh, she's my battery mate. She's, she's, she's calling the pitches. I'm throwing the pitches. You know, she's, 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 she's Johnny, the Johnny bench of podcasts. Thank okay. You so there you go. Uh, and I am Scott Patterson and thanks for downloading. We will see everybody next time. Stay safe.
don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, scottyp.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, scottyp.com. Grade one specialty coffee. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.